This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Tellez interviews Mary Obana, the author of Shine, a simple guide to finding your light and letting it shine on the world. Businesswoman turned spiritual author, inspirational speaker, podcast host, and intuitive guide. After graduating from Stanford University, Mary spent over 30 years in business, working for Fortune 500 companies and running two technology companies of her own. Underneath her professional persona, Few knew that she was on a very personal spiritual journey, seeking answers to questions such as, what am I here to do? What is this life experience all about? Why am I here? Then in January 2020, something remarkable happened. It all began somewhere over the Pacific Ocean as she and her husband were traveling from the United States to Australia for a long-awaited trip. As she started writing her journal, messages started coming in to her in the most unexpected and extraordinary way. Just days later, the answers to her most pressing questions poured through her in the form of a beautiful book, Shine, a number one Amazon new release. Shine's simple message of love, hope, and purpose revealed what she had wanted to know for so long. Through Shine, she found, she remembered, who she was always meant to be. She discovered her light, and it is now her calling to share this beautiful message so others can find their own light and share it with the world. Mary hosts a podcast called Shine with Mary Obana, which is devoted to helping people get unstuck so they can live with all the joy, love, fulfillment, and peace they are meant to have so they can live the life they are meant to live. Meet Mary at maryobana.com. Here is the interview with Mary Obana. In your own words, who is Mary Obana? Oh, Mary Obana. Who is that girl? No. <laughs> so I always think of myself as a spiritual being having a human experience, as all of us are. Um, I'm here to learn, love, and spread light. And I think that's who I am. If you're asking what I've done, that's a different answer. But who I am, that's who I am. And speaking of light, I know you also use the word shine. This is the title mm-hmm. of your book. Uh-huh. So talk to me about light. Just for clarification, would that be the same as being spiritual, evolved? 
godly, divine? Is that the same thing or somehow different? So when I say everyone has a light, um, everyone has a light. And the way I think of a light is in this context, um, a gift. You know, everybody has something unique about them. Um, And I believe everyone has come to this life experience with this gift. And we are meant to find it and share it with your world, with the world. So your light is, I kind of like to call it your unique brand of love. It's a special way you express your love to the world. It's kind of the essence of who you are. So, you know, for one person that light might be, you know, their music, the way it connects people, brings people joy. You know, it might be someone's ability to use their hands to create beautiful things, you know, functional or whatever, you know, things to help move or inspire people. You know, this light is about this gift within us and it comes in many, many forms. So when I talk about finding your light, that's what I'm referring to. Sounds like it's very much connected to the idea of finding purpose, the purpose of our lives. Well, actually, it's interesting because it's funny because, yeah, so when I think of purpose, purpose is to find and shine your light. And that's why we're here. But I think sometimes when people think of their purpose, sometimes people think of their purpose as their vocation, mm-hmm. you know, right. what they do with their life. Sure. So, you know, let's say your light is the way you can, you know, effortlessly put someone at ease. You bring that light to everything you do. And you might apply that beautiful mm-hmm. gift to your work, let's say as a nurse or a therapist or a comedian mm-hmm. even, right? Yeah. Um, your purpose isn't to be a nurse. Your purpose is to put others at ease. And being a nurse enables you to do that, express mm-hmm. that in a meaningful and beautiful way. So that's kind of the distinction I have between light and purpose. It is actually your purpose to find and shine your light. But I think people sometimes think of their purpose as their vocation. And so that's the distinction. It makes sense to me. So the light is, like you said, it's our own unique way of expressing love. Yes, exactly. Mm, What is love to you, Mary? Love is a giving and a genuine, true expression of that which kind of binds all of us, right? So love to me is the ultimate connector. When we are shining or, you know, shining our light, we are expressing our love. And when we do that, those that are the recipients of that light can feel it. And we feel it because it's this genuine thing grounded in love. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So it's something positive. I think we talked earlier uh, off record. 100%. It's the most pure, beautiful, positive thing. There is no no negativity in love, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. That makes me think about the paradox that life is in order to exist, Mm -hmm. to be in a human body. There's this experience of being born and then suffering or having some kind of pain and then dying, losing the body. So I'm wondering where love, this positive or how this positive light can shine even in those necessary experiences of being alive. Yeah. So I think you're asking if love, and let me make sure I understand your question. I believe you're asking that if love is kind of a fundamental part of life, how do we reconcile love when we are 
in struggle or mm-hmm. in heartache or experiencing loss. Um, right. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah, okay. that would be. Yeah. I believe that, you know, our life experience, every single thing that happens to us when we are here in this earthly experience, it's all, I think about it like every single thing as being this kind of contribution to our tapestry. You know, so everything that we are experiencing is kind of giving us perspectives, giving us lessons, helping us learn, helping us develop empathy for others in that situation. I mean, I think all of it is part of it. And so when I think of love, I think love is inextricably linked and tied to our very being, our soul. And so we come into this world with love. It is a fundamental part of who we are. We are at our best when we are living and expressing things fully in that love and understanding and accepting that the things that life throws us is teachers, right? They're all teaching us things. And that is all kind of giving us these experiences that when we come back to the light, kind of enable us to express our light and our love in a really unique way and something that only each of us has the ability to do it in that special way that we are. So before we talk about your book, Shine, a simple guide to finding your light and letting it shine on the world. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask this one, how to define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Hmm. To me, success is living in your truth. It is accepting, finding, embracing that which you really are. You know, I think so many of us, you know, we live in our in our heads, you know? True. <laughs> we live yeah. these cerebral existences which are impacted by external factors, you know, expectations, all these things that are kind of it's of the mind, you know? And I think that when... I find success, success is an accomplishment of certain things. To me, success is getting in alignment with your true self. I think that's the ultimate goal um, of our existence. Right. The true self. I also heard about the higher self and authentic self. And the mind, that is such a mystery. (laughs) What is the mind, (laughs) Mary? (laughs) I see, it's funny, it's such a great question. So I see the mind as, you know, it's funny as somebody who, you know, I've spent the last 30 plus years in business and I have built my life around my mind. <laughs> you know? Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, and yeah. <laughs> and I love my mind and my mind is, it's, you know, it's deafness, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's agility, it's all these mm-hmm. things. And um, I think one of the things I've learned is defining yourself through your thoughts, defining yourself through your mind is actually, I've come to learn kind of your false self. You know, it's it's not your true self. Your true self is that which is within you, you know, not that which is conjured up in your in your mind, you know, because our mind is where that ego lives, you know, <laughs> and those egoic thoughts of, you know, fear-based things, or mm-hmm. I don't compare, I am not worthy, or all those different things, all that are kind of born out of, you know, this place um, where the ego lives, which is your mind. So I feel like when you are able to live in your truth, your truth only is pure love, right? So there is none of that discord, right? That 
all that stuff, those all those fearful thoughts, all those unworthy thoughts, all those things aren't there. And your truth is this incredible pillar of strength and and power, you know, um, for yourself, not over others, for yourself. And to me, that's kind of the difference between your mind, which I think in many ways is this beautiful, beautiful thing. But if it's this, if it's untamed, it can be this egoic kind of thing that drives your life, you know, and keeps you away from that thing, which is your truth. So I'm wondering if when we get to the point of being connected to the true self, to the heart, would that eliminate all kinds of fears? Oh, yes. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Because in that truth, in that place of genuine, you know, inner being, there's incredible peace and love. There is no, there are no competing thoughts. Fear doesn't live within the soul. Fear lives within the ego and the mind, you know? So um, living in that truth and that place of finding that place where you, you know, are able to be your true self, there is no fear. That's what makes it so beautiful, right? That's why the quest for that, you know, place and the finding it is such you know, a beautiful place of peace because it is not competing with any of these factors that can drive us crazy. <laughs> Would you say it's one of the ways to know when we are coming from the authentic self, the true self, when we are not afraid? Is that one of the measurements? Completely. I always, people often ask me, you know, how do you know if you, what you're feeling is coming from your true self or coming from your mind, you know, or coming from, you know, this, this guidance or from your mind. And the thing I always say is that when you are being guided by your true self, by that inner voice, by that higher self, all of it is, is all one in my mind, um, there is no, there are no bad feelings, right? It always feels good because it's coming from love, right? If those thoughts have, you know, injections of these things or feelings of, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. I don't know what people are going to think about you if you do that. I don't know. You really think you can hack that? You know, all those kind of thoughts, those, that is not your inner guidance talking. That's your ego. That's your head. That's your mind. Um, and it's not serving you. So you can always tell. You can always tell a difference. Because it is warm and positive, supporting, right? right? 100%. Yeah, always. And it feel, you, know, you feel that love, you know, just pure love. It doesn't make you doubt, wonder, worry ever. Sounds like magic to me, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping into our own magic, right? With yes, ben. <laughs> and it's in each of us. That's the thing, I think, mm -hmm. um, Valeria, that I think mm -hmm. is so beautiful is that, you know, it is within every one of us. It's not this mystical, magical thing that only a few are, you know, gifted with. Everyone has it. It's just a matter of allowing it. And it's funny how we can resist our allowing, but it's just allowing it. And it's there for everyone. People who choose to harm others and themselves, how can they ever find that place, that magic within? I'm talking about actually people who are born different, psychopaths, sociopaths, mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm with certain mental illnesses too. Yeah. So, you know, I happen to be a believer that anyone can access it. I don't believe people are brought to this life experience evil. I don't. Mm. Um, I think everyone comes to this life experience with 
kind of as their at the core their soul and true self. I think that people can get lost along the way, um, but I think that returning to the essence of who that individual is is always something that can happen. I believe that. Um, but, you know, we all have choice, right? Um, so it requires engagement, deliberate action, you know, all those things. So, um, but I do believe that everyone, you know, in at a soul level is beautiful and loving. I think that we all come here for different experiences and we have different challenges to be sure, some more, you know, more greater obstacles than others. Um, but I do believe that people have the ability to find that within, but it takes a an effort and a commitment and a, you know, and, a, and an ability to live in that truth and um you know the 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 distance between where some people are in that might be greater than others but it's to me i believe they're all the same so do you believe in reincarnation and mind continuation or life continuation i believe our souls are continuing always right so i believe that you know, our souls um, have this long, long, long existence, right? Yeah. And that we come into this life experience to learn things and then we return and we come back to learn things and we return. <laughs> um, so I do believe that our soul at the soul level continues to exist, existed before we came here, will continue to exist after we leave these bodies. Um, I completely believe in that. So it's a belief. Would you say it's also knowing? Yeah, completely knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the to the core of my soul, <laughs> that right. is a knowing. Yeah, yeah. I have two questions that relate to being a female in a human body. What do you love most about being a woman? You know, it's funny. Um, I have this. This is interesting. You know, I don't. I guess I don't label myself. I don't think of myself as female. I don't think of myself as, you know, Asian. I don't think of my I don't think of myself as that. I think of myself as this this person and, and being and soul that I am. And so, you know, I love the life that I have. I love the experiences I've been able to share. I don't think of myself as you know, I guess I, I just, it's funny. I never, I, it's funny. I just never think of myself like that. You know, I think like I'm at a, I'm at a soul yeah. level. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> right. There's no you know? gender. Right. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I love that. So how did you discover the soul? Yeah. How did you come to this deeper understanding of who you are? Oh, that's a great question. In this experience, I would say that I have always had a sense, you know, an intuition, a feeling that there's something greater, bigger, you know, um, than what we can see and what we can even understand, you know. And I've always had this kind of pull of this knowing that um, there's more than what I was even doing. You know, there was more for me to be contributing. There was more for me to be discovering um, in my life. And it's interesting. So it's been this kind of continuous quest to try to 
understand and answer all those questions of existence and why we're here and what we're to do and what's it all about and you yeah, know, all yeah. that. You know, so right. I think that's been a constant thing. I think that it really has come to kind of a, a head um, really within this year where I um, where I kind of have really kind of, I guess, connected more deeply to my true self and to that guidance and hearing and feeling that um, that guidance. And I have never before within, you know, my life here been as connected to that guidance as I currently am. So it's definitely been this journey. So kind of innately feeling there was something always there, but I feel like for at now, finally, a real, maybe more a return and connection um, and alignment with that, which is really me. Staying with that idea of time, at this time, what do you feel is the world's greatest need? And do you have a vision for a new reality? It's mm, a beautiful question. You know, I think that what we, you know, it's funny, I, I just actually, my podcast episode <laughs> this week was just about, you know, um, finding peace amongst and amidst the discord that's all around us, you know? And it's interesting because I see this escalating dissonance, this kind of very heated, I don't know, this this energy that is conflicting, you know, this duality. There's so much duality, so much, you know, uh, everything's so binary, good, bad, right, wrong, us, them, you know. Right. And, you know, I think we, as we know, or as I've learned, you know, the most advanced civilizations are absent of duality. You know, it's all about unity. And because we are all fundamentally connected, when I see our world in this moment, I see a lot of duality. Um, and I think a lot of that, my, you know, I'm going to posit that the, that that duality comes from this kind of identification of your thoughts as yourself. And so what happens is when people, you know, are discussing a position or an opinion on something, it seems like long gone are the days where we can have civilized, respectful conversations where we learn from one another. You know, there's such an attachment with people's feelings on matters with who they are. And so when someone disagrees with that position or point of view, if someone identifies themselves with that point of view, it becomes an attack on them, right? Because they're identifying themselves with that point of view. So to me, my hope is that people can find this distinction between their thoughts and their themselves, right? Those are two different things. And so I, my vision and my hope for the world is that we can, in doing that, finding and understanding that who we are is not our thoughts, who we are is our inner being, then everything's different, right? Because when someone has a conversation with another and a point of view, it's just a thought. It's not who we are, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. there's not that instinct to defend ourselves that we don't feel, you know, disrespected. We don't feel attacked, right? So it's a very different climate then that we would live in. So my hope is that people can turn within and find that true self that is within all of us. And in so doing, I believe not only find peace for themselves, but I think we're going to find peace for our world. Um, so that's kind of the my hope. 
uh, you call it hope, do you connect hope to vision, to faith, to trust? So I think they're slightly different. Um, I think that you know, hope and vision is one thing. I think trust is a different thing. I think, you know, the I think the ability to envision a world that is unified, as an example, is in my mind wholly possible. It's completely, it's it's part, it's who we are really, right? right. It's just yeah. the perspectives we have are making that difficult. So I think that vision of that um, is one thing. And I guess, I guess you could say that that's truth in and of itself, I guess. But um, I guess my vision and my hope is for that. But I guess the vision and hope, I guess you're right. It is really truth in its essence. So I guess yeah. maybe it is the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so what is freedom to you, Mary? What is to be free, finally? Freedom is to live in your truth. It is not being trapped by the expectations of others. It's not comparing yourself to other people. It's not wanting for something you don't have. It is being in your essence, in your truth, being at peace, being completely one with and back in alignment, a return to who you really are. That to me is kind of the ultimate. Do you ever use the word God? I do. I do. So it's interesting, you know, I believe that God, I think these days is, um, can be a, a, a loaded, you know, word because people have their own ideas of what that means. And I think that, you know, whether someone calls it source, universe, God, whatever it is they call it, right? I I personally call it God. That's kind of how I think of that. And I see that God, my God, that which is kind of ultimately divine as being different and completely separate from religion, which I believe is kind of more of a kind of a human construct. Because I think when you think about religions, which a lot of people think of when they think of God, I think that when you think of religions, you think of what is, what isn't, what's, you know, what's right, what's wrong, all those different things. I think when you roll up the essence of all those religions, you get to that ultimate thing, which is love that we have in common. And I see God as love. So that's kind of my own personal way I think about it, um, recognizing fully that people have different understandings of what God is. But when I say God, I kind of think of the ultimate divine source, universe, complete, pure love. That's what I think of it. Unconditional love. Completely. Yeah, no conditions. And love is that, right? I mean, pure, true love is without condition. So how did you become a writer? Valeria, it was an <laughs> odd thing. So I've always written for business and for whatever, but I will tell you that this book, uh, Shine, was, I believe, given to me. You know, it was, it literally was, it came through me. This writing of this book, I and honestly can't take complete credit for <laughs> in many ways. I feel like it was divinely inspired. I feel like it was part the the book itself. And if you've, you know, read the book, I've got this intro kind of this pre, you know, preface and then I've got this afterward and some questions and answers afterwards. But the real heart of the book of Shine was completely came right through me. And honestly, I wrote it and not a word was changed. It was crazy. My parts were painstaking. <laughs> 
<laughs> writing, rewriting, writing, rewriting, right. tweaking, right? Oh, yeah. These words that came through with this book, um, it's funny, truth is perfect, you know, and it just was complete, pure truth. So, yeah, and that leads me to the question about intuition and Peter and channeling. So talk to me for a moment about channeling specifically. Yeah, so it's interesting. I think that, so I will start by saying that every one of us has the ability to connect to that guidance, that inner guidance. Everyone does. And some of us are able to get to a point where we can see things, hear things, feel things, right? And all of us have the ability to do that. So I will start by that. For me, this kind of connection with my spiritual guidance came in a big flurry. (laughs) And for me, Mm -hmm. it comes through with this complete, articulate, fully constructed thoughts, right? Fully constructed, paragraph after paragraph, I mean, fully cohesive, cogent thought. And so when, for me, you know, this idea of channeling is simply literally capturing and writing that which I'm hearing, right? But so that's kind of how I define kind of channeling, but really at at its core and at its essence, you know, it's about connection, you know, connection to that that guidance, which we all have the ability to connect to. Um, so, uh, yeah. How do we invite, how do we become more open or open up to this opportunity, to this possibility to speak to our higher self or our divine self? I would say that it requires an allowing. And it's amazing how many walls we can put up for ourselves inadvertently. You know, we can put up walls of resistance and they can kind of come in lots of different forms, whether it's doubt or, you know, mm, like, yeah, oh, I don't know yeah. if this is really going to work. You know, that so type of true. things, that's resistance, right? So, um, oh, I don't know if I could do this. That's resistance. You know, that's all the, all those little insidious little thoughts can surface as resistance and make it difficult for that guidance to be received, right? So it's always there. The way I think about it is, so we all have, it's like, it's like that metaphor of a, you know, radio station. It's like, okay, I'm on AM, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my guides are on FM, right? <laughs> and so just because I can't hear them doesn't mean they're not there, right? It's just that I'm not tuned in to them. And so then the question is, well, how do you tune in? When I think about tuning in to guidance, the first thing that has to happen is you have to quiet your mind, right? Because quieting your mind, your mind can be the biggest wall of resistance for hearing because your mind is busy. It's And if it was, I'll tell you, if it was anything like my mind, mm-hmm. I had the busiest mind <laughs> in creation, like <laughs> zillion thoughts going through my head, things I got to do, strategies I got to do, all the, whatever. It's just like a zillion things a mile a minute. And so for me, I wasn't able to connect to my guidance until I found a way to quiet my mind. So that was the first thing to make you know, enable the messages to make their way to me. Um, but then there are these other things that are required to tune in. You know, there's 
I kind of think about it as raising your vibration. That's back basically getting back onto that same frequency as those guides, right? So I'm on AM, the FM. I got to raise my frequency. And so if I'm thinking negative thoughts or doubt, all that stuff, my our, our guides, our guidance, that spiritual guidance is always vibrating high because it's always all love, right? And if we've got these little traces of fear or doubt within us, that's going to bring our vibration down. So in order for us to get in alignment with that vibration, get on that same frequency, get on that same channel as our guidance, we've got to raise our vibration. Um, and the easiest way to do that is through gratitude. Mm, you know, yeah. through gratitude, think something you're appreciative of. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, world peace or, you know, or whatever. It's going to mm-hmm. be just like, oh, I'm so glad my cute little dog is at my feet, you know, right. whatever, you know. It's like something that yeah. brings love to your heart, you know, something mm-hmm. that feels good genuinely. That's the fastest way to raise your vibration. So that's the f- one of the key things, I think, to getting tuned in and then and quieting your mind, of course. And then there's a thing that's about acceptance, you know, accepting that information is making its way to you believing that information is making its way to you. If you're doubting, boop, wall goes up, right? So accepting it. And then finally, surrendering. You know, surrendering that it's okay to relinquish control, you know? (laughs) And for someone who has, you know, always been with a busy mind, you know, I always, you know, I I do stuff, you know? (laughs) And so surrendering is that sense of kind of taking the hands down and trusting um, and that for some people can be really hard because it can feel like, wait, that's a sign of weakness. I don't wait. I'm not relinquishing control. You know, surrendering is a big piece of it. So, you know, raising your vibration, quieting your mind, accepting that information is making its way to you and surrendering are key, key things and ways to get tuned into that guidance that's waiting for you. What are some of the methods that you suggest? Quieting your mind can be anything that basically gets you to turn things off. For some people, it's a a long run. You know, for some people, it's walking on a beautiful beach. But I think the thing that's really important to quiet in your mind is it has to be intentional, right? It can't just be, oh, I'm just doing it and hope. It's got to be intentional. So one of the most powerful ways to quiet your mind. And this is the way I was able to quiet my mind is through meditation. And there are different types of meditation and some work for some, some work for others. For me, I it wasn't until I got trained in transcendental meditation that it really changed everything because my busy mind was, you know, the focus meditations where you have to focus on things. I was like, you know, my mind was busy, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> or oh, observing, yeah. you know, the observing. I was like watching thoughts like a zillion miles a minute going through my head. It's like, that wasn't helping. So for me, transcendental meditation, which is really about going within to that quiet that is within you, that for me changed everything. That for me changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. For those who don't really engage, don't want to engage in meditation, would you say also doing doodling or maybe coloring, listening to music. Maybe not, maybe not listening to music, right, Mary? Well, it can be. You know, I think it's really about the state that you are in, you know? So if you can, if you're listening to music and every time you're listening to music, you're singing along, Mm -hmm. well, that's going to be a little bit different than if you're listening to music and it just kind of 
you can go into that place, you know? Um, So similar to, you know, walking on a beach. If you're walking on the beach and going, oh, what's that? Oh my gosh, look at that shell. Oh my God. You know, if you're doing that, that's (laughs) one thing. You know, if you're on that beach and you're walking and you feel like, where did all that time go? Where was I? You know, that's a different thing. I think it's less about what you're doing and the state you reach when you're doing it. We need to be aware of what it feels like to be in that state of mind. Yeah, I do. I think so. I think it takes a a consciousness, you know, and a a deliberateness. I think it does. And I think that there are some things for some that work really well. And I would say that if for some reason you've had a hard time with the methods you've tried, try something else. I mean, believe me, I tried so many things. Oh my gosh, like you would not believe how many things I tried. And I just kept searching for the next thing, searching for the next mm-hmm. thing. And it wasn't until TM for me was the place where I ultimately found it. But it, it's, you know, everyone has their thing. It's just keep looking for it and finding it is really key. So being committed to knowing what life is all about, going deeper always. Yeah, going deeper with intention. Yeah, for sure. So mm-hmm. in your book, you say everything is divinely timed. Mm-hmm. There is no regret, uh, wishing it had come earlier. There is only now, and now is the perfectly right time. So talk to me about patience. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what is your idea of time when you say everything's divinely timed? Yeah, so patience is an interesting word um, because patience is the idea that you're waiting for something that isn't. Mm, right. Right. Right, right. Divine timing is all about now. It's all about what is. It's current, completely present, you know, presently oriented. You know, you're presently oriented and that's that's what is. And that's all you we all ever have, right? I mean, all we have is this moment. So divinely timed and divine timing is all about accepting that which is at any moment. And that which is at any moment is exactly what is to be. So, you know, in the book, that context was um, people feeling like, oh, shoot, I wish I would have read this book earlier. Oh, my God, all the years I've lost of not knowing my light, you know, or, or things like that. It's like, no, 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 no. You are in this moment for a reason. You know, there are no coincidences. If you're listening to this right now and it's striking a chord, well, you were drawn to this episode and to listen to this for a reason. That's all about divine timing. You are led to the places you need to be, but it's up to us to just be present within those moments and relish and appreciate and soak in every every bit of it, you know? There's a question I wanted to ask you earlier, and I didn't for some reason, maybe I forgot. Intuition and imagination. Do you connect those two states of mind, of being? And my other question is being in the moment and at the same time allowing ourselves to imagine, which means not being here in a way. It's funny. Um, So the first question was, is intuition and imagination different? Yeah. I see them as different in that intuition is listening to that which is. Imagining is conceiving of something that isn't. So I see intuition as being different than imagination. Um, Your second question was Mm, imagination. imagination and conflict with 
being present-oriented. Yeah. Yes, I think so in that way, you know, but that doesn't mean that we can't dream and we can't hope and we can't, you know, we can't want. That's that's I mean, we're human for goodness sakes, right? (laughs) Right. And and, that's not a bad thing. Um, (laughs) I think the difference is when you imagine something and you focus on not having it. That's a different thing, right? So if you're, if you're seeing something and see and seeing yourself and feeling the way it feels when that is, that's one thing, right? If you're imagining something and the underlying thought is the absence of it, that's where I think it gets less healthy. It's something that's not. So you're trying to manifest something that's not yet here. Yes. And so the energy is put around what isn't, not what is or what can be. Right. So it's in anything, it's, it's like that, you know, imagination's beautiful, but if it's focused on what isn't, that's not so beautiful, you know? And so manifesting what you imagine is beautiful, but if your energy is on what isn't, then you're manifesting what isn't. Yeah, (laughs) You always get what you always get where you put your energy, right? (laughs) So and that brings me to the topic of abundance that you speak mm-hmm. in your book. And you say, mm-hmm. when you are moving toward your shine and igniting your unique light, you must understand how abundance works. So talk to me about that. So it's funny. Um, the big message in that is, you know, we are all meant to live in full joy and with pure love and fulfillment and peace. And abundance follows that, right? So when we find our joy, abundance follows joy, right? It's not that, hey, when I get money, I'm going to be really happy. <laughs> right? Or when I get that house, I'm going to be really fulfilled. And when I get that thing, I'll finally be at peace. It never works that way. It never works that way. Abundance follows joy. Abundance follows peace. And that is, I think, really important. That was that was one of those things because, you know, when people are thinking about their light and thinking about how do I shine my light? How do I share my light? Should I be, what are the types of things I can be doing to bring my light and sharing that with the world? And sometimes people have this knowing of what they should be doing and yet they don't because they're like, oh gosh, you know what? I I can't afford to. I got, yeah, I got this and I got that. Once I make all that money, then I'll do that. And when we put our lives within that construct, we just delay our joy and we ultimately never reach that state of abundance that we really want because this whole stream of well-being that we all get into when we are in our true selves and with in alignment with who we really are, all this great momentum happens, right? All this yummy, great stuff happens. And when that happens, all one thing leads to a next, leads to a next. And before you know it, abundance is the result of all of that, right? Not the thing you do after you get all of that. So we have been taught, or a lot of people teach the idea of, um, I think they call it uh, law of attraction, which Mm -hmm. I don't speak much about it in this podcast, but I do sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. So it's the idea of uh, imagining and thinking positive and all that. Mm -hmm. But I love the way your perspective is. It's more on gratitude of what is Mm -hmm. this moment. And from that joy will be manifested because we don't chase joy. It really comes to us. 
And from that, everything else is possible. Yeah, that's very true. That's really true. When we get into that kind of truth of ourselves, it's amazing how the universe works. You know, one thing leads to the next, leads to the next, you know, and people feel that all the time, you know, they might be finally going to that, like with you, with your journey, you know, and when you kind of found that thing that you felt you were called to do, I'm guessing one thing led to the next and suddenly things just started rolling, right? And that's what happens when you know you're on the right track when you're in alignment with what, you know, your true self, because the universe has a way of just aligning and supporting that which is to be, you know, when we're trying to do something, controlling something that isn't that, but maybe something we feel like we should do, or the world expects us to do, or our parents want us to do, or for friends want, whatever those things. And that's when you're misaligned. And that's when the stuff gets really hard, right? Because there's tons of resistance. And that's a message and a, a sign that, you know what, that's, it shouldn't be that hard, right? So, Mary, we're almost at the end of the interview. I have a few more questions for you. Before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Sure. You know, I I um, will read this one passage. It's the it's the passage that the book ends with, um, and it's a bit about about shine. So I'll read it. I feel like it's an, a message we can all use right now. Shine is all about activating the light within each of us, and everyone's light. You must know has more to do with its impact on others, how to spread the light, because it is through the activation of each one's light that others are ignited. And just like that stadium where one lights, then the next, so too does the world. Stadiums connect stadiums, nations connect nations, worlds connect worlds, until there's nothing but shine. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? You know, I think that for me, the biggest lesson, and I would think the obstacle for me was resistance. I had resistance I didn't even know I had, right? And that gets back to, I had to recognize that I had this really busy, active mind and I had to learn to quiet it so I could hear all the guidance that was waiting for me. And that voice that we have talked about that is within all of us to guide us, to guide us and lead us to kind of who we really are. So, um, you know, for me, the biggest lesson was don't pay so much attention to those thoughts, that mind, that egoic thinking, you know, what people think, meeting the expectations of others, all those things, because it was keeping me from my truth. And I spent the better part of my life in that mode of busy, 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 you know? And um, it wasn't until I got quiet and tuned in that I feel like in many ways, my kind of real journey has kind of begun. Two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? I think the answer to that question would have been very different had you asked that of me before my whole transition to following the spiritual path and finding my true self. I'm incredibly grateful for being where I am today. And God knows I am not perfect. (laughs) I am always (laughs) learning and trying to be better. But I know I am exactly where I am supposed to be. Um, So with that, I have great peace. Beautiful. One more question. What are three things about life you know for sure as of now? I know that everyone has their true self within them. 
and they don't need to look anywhere else but within. I know that everyone has the has access to the guidance that is there to serve them. And I know that until you honor your true self, you will never have the success or the fulfillment or the joy or the true, complete, unconditional love that you are meant to have. Thank you so much for your wisdom, profound wisdom, your shine, (laughs) your authenticity, (laughs) your mission, your message. Thank you, Mary. Oh my goodness. It's been such a delight and a pleasure. I really appreciate and honored to have been a part of this. So thank you very much. And I do have one more question, but that's a technical one. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Oh, thank you. Yes, super simple. People can visit maryobana.com, M-A-R-Y-O-B-A-N-A.com. And you can, about my books and my intuitive guidance, my podcast, all that kind of good stuff can all be found there. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Mary. And we'll talk soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Mary Obana and her work, please visit maryobana.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.